begin a complete security sweep of the station and Chief O'Brien's recent activities. I want to know if there's anything out of the ordinary that might begin to explain this. Commander, Chief O'Brien's attitude towards the Cardassians is hardly a secret. What if he actually has done something? Then we need to know that too, don't we? Well, hello and welcome to Tarek Noir. My name is Joe and I'm here with my brother Matthew and we're here every week to recap Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Today we are talking about Season 2, Episode 25, Tribunal. The episode was written by Bill Dial and it was directed by none other than, none other, damn, I couldn't say that, uh, none other than Bis, Ben Sisko himself, Avery Brooks. Long way to go for just saying a person's name uh anyway so matthew yeah, some, your... someone insists on on say the name of these people we don't know care about but that's cool. i mean we know every brooks we know who he is all right yeah that's true okay so matthew what's your favorite thing to bring on a vacation to distract you from having sex with your wife oh uh flashlight i don't know i don't know what the answer is <laughs> no, i mean uh. the the idea that O'Brien is so unattracted. Like, O'Brien's got an attractive wife. Yeah, who he want, does. Who, Keiko's great. Who seems to be pretty down, and he has zero interest ever in having sex with his wife. Also, someone that literally saved his life <laughs> because she thought that she knew his regular coffee routine. Like, okay, well, this is one would... dedicated woman. But she actually didn't. She like she doesn't care. About I said she thought she knew. I yeah. said she thought she yeah. knew. And uh, you know, this this goes to show these people need to these people. I know that you're gonna push your agenda, but what these people need is a divorce. They need like Esri, like I'm not like you know, I, I'm just saying Esri needs to show up soon to to help them with their situation. Or situ- or Deanna needs to like take a break from uh you know uh hanging out with picard and Riker and all them and and have a talk with her old buddies miles they and need Keiko. they don't need a therapist to tell them that they shouldn't be together i yeah. know that they shouldn't be together you know that they shouldn't be so together. what the whole station knows it shouldn't be together and miles o'brien is bringing a bunch of like um ikea like in <laughs> like setup instructionals that he would rather read over having sex on this childless vacation. Yeah, uh, I mean, I know it couldn't be me personally, but um, like, okay, so if this show was filmed, like if we have like DS9 in the 2020s, are they still together? Because I feel like, I mean, I know the 90s explicitly weren't as like, you know, uh, conservative as the Reagan 80s, but like, I think that there's still a certain sense of like, you know, nuclear family, like, you know, married family, like very much that kind of like messaging is going on here. And so it's just like, you know, they're staying together no matter what. If this show was made today, would they still be together? Like the first episode where Keiko's like, I can't believe that you took me out here without talking to me about this. Like, are they going to last the full seven seasons? That's all I'm asking. uh, Like, I... 
who's responsible for this? What? Who? Data. Gene Roddenberry? Oh, oh, yes. Data's responsible for this because they were going to not get married. Yeah. Which is, which is what they needed. And Data talks them into it. That and, meddling you know, android. I don't know. Maybe I'm not getting relationship advice from like a cold robot who literally self-described can't feel emotions. No, he can't fuck though. So he's got that going for him. He just cannot feel emotions. I can't imagine that he'd be good at fucking. I don't know. I've seen a lot of people enjoy uh, fuck machines. Uh, right. So I think there's a certain fuck... utility that data can. Uh, That's you said the can word provide utility. I yes. I do believe that data can provide a particular utility, but I don't think that data is able to like respond to what the body is doing. To it. Like I don't know. Yeah, like, that's fair. The, like I don't know how the what the feel is there. Like if we just want to get like you know, uh, like data. I'm sure is like as a supreme sex robot. Like I'm not. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm sure Top tier. Yeah. But it's still a sex robot. The person, the person who you want to have sex with more than anyone in all of Star Trek, and you don't want to have sex with this particular person. But maybe someone from their species, and that is Odo, because uh, oh no no I'm I'm with you like, on that yeah like things can move and react to, like things can go places several can, different places at be, once like, all whatever, over whatever you need yeah. it can be exactly that yeah now Odo wouldn't know what to do with all that no obviously um but the other the others though they know what's up Odo found out yeah he did find out yeah. The other ones, the other ones brought him over. They're like, I can show you the world. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the first time we got you singing on the pod? I and I did it really. I tried to like hold it out. Yeah. Now you're uh, like, I can show you the world. Like that was like the most <laughs> that you did. <laughs> um, music notes above my words. All right. Yeah, I mean, I think that the changelings are definitely like have the potential. For top tier, top tier fucking, um, I, f- God, I don't know why they would want to have sex with one of us. Like, I mean, like they want if they're kidding. givers, yeah, if they're givers, great. But like, if you if you have been having sex with other like liquid, uh, literal sex things, like, like forms, yeah, and you're gonna go and be like, hey, uh, human person, give me some, you know, yeah. Um, I, I think changelings are pretty top tier. I feel like trills again, it's one of those things of like have the capacity, you know, to be really, really good um at what they do. Um I feel like if like if the Q weren't so fucking annoying and self-centered, there could be a certain amount of fun there of just like you know, like constantly being able to change shape to sh- change um you know location uh, location like yes like fucking in the vacuum of space while you're yeah, both like, still alive like, like uh, sure that sounds fun i do like that you reach you reach you reach the heights at, and then as you do you like are in a nebula yeah yes yes yeah. absolutely like it's like i've had <laughs> you know in my younger years like when i was like you know experiencing certain things for the first time like there was one time where uh I met a guy at you know in an office building at night 
um and it was overlooking the downtown la skyline and it was just like wow this is just like so beautiful like you know here we are in this conference room and look at this view of you know nighttime la skyline it was great there was one others that he lived uh close to dodger stadium and we happened to be there uh on a night when the dodgers were celebrating a win and fireworks were going off like through his florida like florida ceiling windows and it was like oh my god this is fantastic fuck that like i want to fuck in front of a nebula like yeah yeah absolutely like come on like you're on you're on a comet you know like it's just on the face of a star like just like but on again, the surface i guess why not i can't i can't imagine um <laughs> like like there's not there's no one more narcissistic than a no Q, that's gotta be the worst it's again has the capacity but is absolutely not like the q are definitely the worst like bottom barrel lovers like hanging around with the Ferengi of like bottom barrel lovers but they still have the capacity obviously don't uh, you know if we're into like like being dominated or dominating or whatever like the Klingons are right there like oh no for sure I definitely like there's a you know there's documented history like we will see uh Dax coming into the infirmary more than once. Very, very pleased. Very, very happy. <laughs> She's doing that <laughs> to torture Bashir for sure. Like, well, yeah. He makes sure, like, I'm gonna come in on like his shift. You know, like she's not being seen by a nurse. She's like, Yeah, hey, Bashir, oh wow. This is what it could have been. <laughs> yeah. Uh God. Well, right. anyways, yeah. you know, uh, very happy. Oh, with, the other uh, thing, that the other thing that's super, yeah, super attractive to have sex with in the Star Trek world. Yeah, um, data pads, data pads with like technical specs. You know, yeah, um, like uh, like you know, owner's manuals. Fuck, fuck, reading poetry coded. as foreplay. Uh, tell me more about your warp drive. This, oh, Brian, what a what a fucking like. Listen. This, this fucking guy hey uh how many self-sealing stem bolts do you have in your pants because you look like you're happy to see me yeah well except that that would mean that he would have to put the pads down to then have sex with the person he's not flirting he again uh. he doesn't want to be there he wants to be in uh like a jet tube on his back you know with his hands inside of like a some Jeffrey's sort of terminal. tube yeah, yeah, no, I, I mean you're not wrong. For short. <laughs> I, oh, you said a jet too for yeah, short. Yeah, yeah, okay. I got to I got to it and then I was like, what? what? <laughs> you know when you do that? Like your brain just like you just lose a word. You're like, oh, there's a blank yeah. here. Like, I don't know. I knew it started with a jet. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, anyways, um, let's let's get into talking about today's episode. Um there uh it is listed as an o'brien must suffer episode but uh uh, one of us has a hot take on if it is actually an o'brien must suffer episode or not so let's just get into the episode summary first uh o'brien is arrested jailed charged convicted and sentenced to execution on cardassia odo volunteers for the role of o'brien's representative however the Cardassians will not even say what O'Brien is being accused of, making Odo's job 
virtually impossible. Well, for what it's worth, your job does not actually include any amount of lawyering. So right. it doesn't really matter. Uh, <laughs> you you literally have no job here. Like you have no responsibility. It's literally here to just, you know, because we needed you on set today. An <laughs> another great courtroom drama. I have no responsibility here whatsoever. <laughs> exactly. I mean, speaking of courtroom dramas, like, I mean, it's very, very uh, mild uh, episode trivia, but I'll just say it now. Um, but Rene Abajunwa, who plays Odo, would later play a lawyer on Boston Legal alongside uh, William Shatner. So Boston Legal, for whatever reason, was a very, very Star Trek-y lawyer show. Uh, and... I remember that show being, like... I remember the era where that show was on. I never saw an episode of it. Oh, I loved it. I watched oh, I watched really? it all the fucking time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. like William Shatner <laughs> basically playing Donald Trump, ironically. Um and it's like oh he wasn't so... a lawyer, right? Was he a lawyer on that? Yeah, show? he was a lawyer. Yeah. Did you uh, Danny Crane? <laughs> My client is uh, you know i mean it's he he did his thing you know like i mean like the the character itself was very much a like a wink to who william shatner is as a person you know so it very much was like kind of playing up that uh persona and so he got to you know uh got to really really dig into it but um there were times where you know, he was less uh, Shatnery. But yeah, I mean, like the character <laughs> itself is very much like um, an assholey, if I remember, assholey kind of conservative, rich white guy, which as it turns out is very much William Shatner. So, you know, hey, if you're able to get an acting gig where you literally just play yourself, congrats. That's the easiest gig that you can get. Um, and I know that the show itself got emmy awards i don't know if he got emmy awards for it but anyways um but yeah so you had two uh two star trek people in the in the main cast it was go. fun yeah it was cute it was cute uh okay anyways so uh this episode starts off with miles uh getting ready to go on vacation with his wife um and he does something that honestly i can kind of relate to uh which is like he's going through every single console and ops being like, uh, I'm going to do this the second I get back. You need to make sure that you take care of this while I'm gone. Like all of that. Um, and I, like, <laughs> this is definitely a family trait where I've always, not always up until like a few years ago, I had very, a very, very difficult time taking time away from work because like you know just like guilt thing of like you know you have to stay working you have to keep money flowing in whatever you can't rest um and so it was often a hard time for me to rest on vacations and also like and this is definitely something that i regret now but like for my 30th birthday i took a trip overseas and it was like a five-day trip and everyone was like girl you should have <laughs> just gone for longer like, yeah. no, 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 I need to get back to work, though. I can't take that much time off. My clients need me. No, they fucking don't. Your clients don't need you. Your your employees don't need you. Your boss doesn't need you. Just take the time off. If you have the opportunity, just go on vacation. Yep. Yeah, but <clears throat> um, but he, Miles he had, an, had a hard time doing that. Aggressive fit. 
Oh no! Like he, yeah, 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 yeah. His his vacation wear is often his vacation wear is often like that is very much his style. Like shout out to the wardrobe department on the show. They're like, yeah, we know what Miles' style is. This is what it is. <laughs> like Miles is Irish, right? All right, here you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going with <laughs> that. Um, um, also, how janky is that? Uh, the uh, the elevator that they got. That was one of my favorite parts on the episode where, like, he leaves because he basically gets kicked out of ops. And then, the like, the elevator, the turbo lift just comes up, like, a little bit. So you only see his head poking through. Like, that was really... I, I laughed. I thought that was really funny. Yeah, no, it's That's, good. Yeah, it's, it's a great it's bit. Jank, it's janky as hell. That's all I'm saying. It is. But, it you know, it's a, it's a great little bit. Um, <laughs> He runs into this guy named Boone on the promenade. Uh, who he served with on the Rutledge. Uh, and he was like, uh, you know, hey, let's get together next time you're on the station, whatever. My wife hates it when I'm late, and I always am. Like, in my notes, I ha- I said, he's just like me. <laughs> That's just like me. Another family trait that we have. Um, <laughs> <laughs> especially on vacations, ironically. The amount of times that we've been late for vacations in our lifetime is uh, is ridiculous. But hey, remember when we were kids and mom and dad used to bring giant ass computer towers and CRT uh, computer monitors on vacation? Critical race theory computer monitors. <laughs> <laughs> we couldn't. We uh, we took vacations, but we couldn't go to Florida. <laughs> we had to drive around. Uh, yeah, no, I do remember that. It was because we were poor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, as it turns out, that's that's the reason. But anyways, um, we learned in the teaser that uh, this dude, Boone, recorded Miles' name. Miles saying, Miles, Miles O'Brien. Uh, what do you think? Is that going to turn out bad for, for our buddy Miles? Probably, Check- maybe. Chekhov's uh, wiretap. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so Miles and Keiko are on the runabout. I do have a question about requisitioning uh, runabouts. There's three runabouts at all times on on TS9. They're going to be gone for a week. That man was able to like reduce their stash by a third. I know. Meanwhile, for a vacation that he wasn't even going to fuck on. Meanwhile, the proletariat's out there. They can't. They got to take an escape pod if we're trying to go someplace. We'll wait for a freighter to come by. Senior staff. Yeah, (laughs) we'll we'll take the private the 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 private jet. That's cool. Yeah, Uh, like not fuck. And, and not fuck this this is definitely one of those episodes where it's like oh yeah they kind of need more more ships and probably bigger ships on the show um but hey just give it two episodes you'll see what they have in store if if you're completely unfamiliar with uh ds9 but anyway so he is like going through all of his technical manuals um i would just like to to say uh to reference a couple lines um one miles is like we should go back uh you know molly's probably lonely or whatever and keiko says don't worry she likes the petersons more than she likes us i i feel like that should be a a cause of concern no i'm not a parent i don't know how the whole parenting thing works but like i mean we know that miles doesn't spend any time with his daughter right we i mean he doesn't spend any amount of time with his daughter. So like that makes sense that she would like the Petersons more than him. 
when you're see this here, this is the wrong way of looking at it. If you when you're a kid and you've got like friends and this other family, of course you like hanging out there more. Like we would always want to go hang out at someone else's house at that age. Sleepover, yeah, why not? I know, I I, I know. There's a point in she's, a child's like, life saying, where they're like, "My parents are the best," and then they're like, "Fuck my parents." I know that. I don't even think it's about fuck my parents. It's that like she's a, she's the only child. Both yeah. of her parents got jobs. She's just sitting True. in a place by herself all day with no TV. You know what okay. I mean? Like, okay. Like, there's other people. The thing that's crazy is we know, as you said, Miles doesn't give a shit about his daughter. Yeah. He's willing to bring his shit kid on this vacation. Yeah. And suffer through being around his child, which he yeah. hates. In order to get more technical yeah. manuals that he's not going to read through. Because here's something you do on vacation. You always bring more books than you're going to yes. read. That's very like, true. Ask me how many books I brought on uh, <laughs> on winter holiday break to LA <laughs> that I did not read. This is why this is why I legally download books and put them onto hey. an iPad and yeah. then just do that. Yeah, um, but no, but like he's willing to be around his shit kid in order to not have to be around his shit wife. <laughs> horrible, just horrible. <laughs> okay, I'm going to move from there to the. To the oh, second quote. Ryan. Speaking of speaking of wife, let's talk about the second quote that I would like to discuss. Um, Keiko says, "You talked to me for half an hour last night," and O'Brien replies, "Not me. There must have been someone else in bed with us. There must have been someone else in bed with us." This is this is it must have been one of your other boyfriends. It's starting to get sad. What you're doing. There like, must have been it, someone else in bed with us. The straws you're grasping at are like a thousand feet into the sky. Like you're not even <laughs> close to getting your fingers around these straws. Like, this he is, said it and was not upset about it. He was like, hey, there must not, have been someone else in bed with us. Because, it's fine. Because it happens. He was it happens. We know what Keiko likes. Because he was just saying a thing that people say. That's just a People phrase. say that? It's just a phrase. Like, oh, there must have been whatever. There must have been whatever. Not because it's actually what happened. You know I've that, said that okay, because it does actually of, happen for me. <laughs> for you, but not Miles O'Brien, who A, doesn't want to have sex with his wife. He has no interest in this. Again, B, there's plenty of polyamorous B, relationships hold up, that do not hold have up. sex. B, yes. would absolutely murder someone else for wanting to have sex with his wife. Because he is, as we hear in this episode, he is an aggrieved white man. He is, he is, that is, very true. is just yes. a middle-aged I yes, killed yes. people, but they don't matter because they're not like real humans to me. He is. This is who he is. We love O'Brien. O'Brien's <laughs> great. All this. I'm just saying we got to sometimes take a beat and recognize that O'Brien is a reactionary. He is a conservative. He has no interest in sharing his wife. And he also, it turns out, has no interest in having his wife. She just oh, has God. to sit in this purgatory because that's what God wanted. Fuck. <laughs> Uh, I, you know, I, I don't I've know. I've seen this marriage a hundred times in church. Like this is, this is a very Dude, familiar yes. marriage. That's very true. Um, I, I don't think like, I know that we've seen scenes where he is like looking at an attractive woman and is like, oh no, I'm worried about what my wife would say. I don't think we've ever had any situation where Keiko's looking at an attractive man or woman and Miles reacts to that. 
yeah that's, that's, that's because, the big that's question we don't know how he would react in that situation we know we can guess we can okay. guess okay but okay. we don't know we for know, sure and so you know that miles for is. me and, means that that option that possibility is still open i think i think that there's room this is real sad. <laughs> I feel bad for you more than anybody. Oh no 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 no! Don't worry. I I'm not going out sad. I still have the the Miles and Kira plot coming up in a few seasons. Yes. Like don't the, don't the, you the worry. Writers had to do a hail mary to try to hide a pregnant cast member, and now you're gonna draw some stuff out of it. Okay, we'll wait. But let's let's wait till we get there. Okay. <laughs> we we've got we got plenty of time. Don't you worry. Don't you worry about that. Okay. Um, who doesn't have plenty of time, however, uh, is Miles and Keiko. So Miles is like, okay, fine. I guess you want to fuck, I guess. Um, so he puts on potentially racist music. Like, it's a like, you know, I'm sure that Keiko has her music taste, whatever. But I don't, I, don't, I wouldn't say it's racist music. I would just say it's, what? it's very like Star Trek does this. Like, like there is a certain amount of like, you know, subtitle will say like plays oriental music that happens yeah. like anytime there's an Asian character on screen. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, yeah. That's all uh, I'm saying. That's it's just it's I'm assuming I'm assuming that he's putting music on that he knows like this of someone that he knows his wife likes. I mean yeah oh not, oh for sure. I mean if not then that is like what funny. I will say what are you doing? is this is a, absolutely a Star Trek trope where they think that all that flirting is is putting on like Spanish music or something like, <laughs> Shout like they've, out had Jordy. Jordy, they've had Jordy do this, they've had so many people do it. They were like, Peter, I need this, I need blah blah blah. And then, like, the like the most generic ass, like, uh, like, uh, free domain music comes on, right? And then, um, then, then the dude always does what O'Brien did, which is I... like sit back and like have a self satisfied smile, like, yeah, I did that. shit. Hey, like, all right come sex me <laughs> imagine if we were uh reviewing tng and then we had to review every single one of jordy's sad uh flirtations like you know it's it's not the end of the world for us with miles and uh keiko besides we have we have some uh some great cisco moments coming up in the future so you know not all is not lost on the the romance front uh on this show so all right just saying okay but anyways uh they're trying to fuck but uh their you know uh proximity sensors go off uh and o'brien like jumps into action uh when the cardassian ship pulls up uh that was nice to see like it's a certain amount of like i've been here before i know what to do you know that kind of reaction um and uh they have a whole conversation the cardassian is like uh yeah we're gonna arrest you um and Keiko was like, We are Federation citizens and we have rights. Like he's like, Yeah, girl, I don't care. I, I really don't care. <laughs> Congrats. Go home and you know talk to a cop about it, I guess. I, I really call, don't care. Call call a call a congressman. Yeah, I call a congressman. I, <laughs> I I could care less. I, I really could care less. Um, but he gets arrested and uh we find him on Cardassia. Uh, being told to remove your clothes. Uh, very sexy. Uh, we get... Uh, like We've seen shirtless O'Brien before. Like This is definitely the second yeah. time. Have we seen... like Is he the character that we've seen shirtless the most on this show? 
I think it is, right? Of it, it is, and it's really uh, like of all the of all the people on this show that you'd want to see shirtless. It feels like very kings of like king of queens kind of thing of like, <laughs> hey, look at this, uh, you know, just average white guy. Let's show him shirtless all the time. <laughs> this was before dad bods, you know. Right. Yeah, O'Brien was paving the way. Well, this Shout was, out to him. This was also before like um, cartoon bods. Like people still were like normal size. We, right. We had the we had the inflated dudes in the eighties, and yeah. then we went to like normal people. Like, like, uh, like, look at the difference between like this is the uh, James Bond of. of I was I was right about to talk about James. Like Bond. you see Pierce Brosnan with his shirt off, and it's just yeah. like, oh, okay. Like sure. this is like this is any guy. Like I wouldn't even see this guy in my gym because he's not lifted. Like this dude doesn't lift no. weights in the gym. Like he's he, swims, he literally he like he runs or sw- yeah he swims, he swims or something or something. And so like you see him shirtless yeah. there, but like then you fast forward like ten years to Daniel Craig and he's walking yeah, out of the water, do. and yeah. everybody everybody's just like, holy shit! <laughs> there, that's that scene uh, where he's having sex with the the where he does the thing of um, the great scene where he drives uh, like after the poker game he gets the oh, Aston yeah. Martin and drives her back to his place kind of thing and just literally just does a circle yeah fantastic um but their sex scene was just very like this is for the bisexuals entirely <laughs> <laughs> they're both just insanely attractive <laughs> except this is like it's not for the bisexual this is for the spectrum like wherever you yes. are the spectrum yeah. Daniel Craig is on it that's, that's oh yeah like, that's all i'm saying <laughs> like like i uh I'm <laughs> and he himself like, is on it too <laughs> i'm definitely like you know towards one end of the spectrum but like daniel craig's on my spectrum you know, i'm very clear about that <laughs> yeah that's very true <laughs> <laughs> um i like it's straight completely straight men can absolutely um request gay sex scenes in the movies that they are in and it doesn't mean that they're not straight. But when when Daniel Craig does it, it does like, okay, so you're you're a little bit, you know, not not ex- ex- strictly one thing or the other, which is great to great when to you see. Talk about poly relationships. If there was if there was one married couple that I want to be like, let me step yes, into this yes, room. Yes, yes, yes. Daniel Craig and Rachel Vice. Yeah. My God. <laughs> Again, talk about bisexual, like, like uh, bisexual shit, just, scenes, like in the mummy. Like, uh, like in the mummy, if you if you open their bedroom door, like an aura po- is like popping out. Like, <laughs> like when you open their bedroom door, is it like when they open the briefcase in Pulp Fiction? Is just yeah. like a gold hue shining out at you. If they don't have an open relationship, I'm going to be very, very disappointed. Um, <laughs> but there was like a while back, someone had posted uh, the scene of Rachel Weisz and. Uh, one of the other actresses on, I think it was like the second mummy, they were fighting. It was when like Rachel Weiss is like actually an Egyptian, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. empress I, or whatever. I'm, I'm aware. <laughs> uh, Your Honor, yes. Uh, yes, uh, yes, uh, yes, that is correct. I'm aware. Um, I, you know, I just, I'm very gay. That's all, that's all I have to say about that. I'm just incredibly gay. Um, <clears throat> there was one actor, uh, one actress in uh ant-man quantum mania where like yeah i'm just incredibly gay for her and uh, i looked at her instagram still very gay anyways 
Um, I'm not going to ever see that movie, but you could forward me the link. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I'll, I'll definitely send you photos. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyways, it's not it's not worth watching that movie, but I I, uh, I appreciate. No, that. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Like if if anything, you know, Disney Plus. I have not seen a fun. single one of those Antmans, and okay. I, I don't think I will. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> uh, so removing your clothes aunt, uh, aunt, is aunt, where we left off. <laughs> Antman. Okay. Um. But yeah. So Miles does the whole you know Miranda rights. He does the whole thing. Uh, pulling out the tooth. Uh, I was a little bit upset about that. I know I would be pissed if someone yanked out one of my teeth. Um, I'm, in the I, midst of, I'm in the midst of a dental thing as we speak, so I'd rather not talk about it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's a little too close to home. <laughs> it's my my whole mouth is on fire right now. And I'm currently on narcs, so I need I need to not talk about this. Uh, anyways, but he gets, uh, he gets processed, uh, as, uh, as a criminal, uh, and he gets thrown into the brig and I really enjoyed that they just completely reused the brig set on DS9. It's like, look, it's the exact same brig. Uh, well, I like that. You know? Huh? I mean, the Cardassians, Cardassian brig. Yeah. Cardassians just like are very, very consistent with their brig design. They're like, no, we have, we had one brig designer and he just has like the contract to design all the brigs across uh our entire quadrant i like it yeah yeah, yeah. just support it um we get miss archon um who has a wild haircut but very very fun um she is talking to miles kind of explaining the situation then we get to um have keiko uh express how upset she is by the situation and is like <laughs> so could we do something about this because like I, I want to get my husband back, even though he doesn't want to have sex with me. Like, I still want to have him back. You know, it's nice to have a warm body around. My I kid guess. will be disappointed. I just I have to deal with that fucking drama. It's just a whole thing. You know, it's just a whole thing. I'm going to have to talk to his parents uh, and say, hey, sorry about your son. Like, I just really don't want to have to do that. So can you can you please get him back? Um, but uh, Miss Archon and uh, Cisco have a great conversation. Uh, and I would just like to reference a couple quotes uh, from this conversation. Uh, Cisco is asking if O'Brien is being treated well, uh, and she says she he is. Uh, and he replies back, good, because if he's not, I'll hold you personally responsible. And if that sounds like a threat, it is. I salute you, sir. I uh, like that. Like Cisco is just great. Cisco is great. I love that. That that was no a great quick? line. My cherry on top is yeah. when she's like, "Oh, you know, you live up to your reputation. Like, yeah. You live up to your reputation." It's like, "I yes, that's right. I do I do?" Like, oh, <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, just uh, he's he's just absolutely the best. Um, and that was just like you know we always talk about like he's good you know he has good manager energy um and that was definitely like one of those like yeah he's he's good manager um but odo gets assigned um as whatever he is uh you know whatever he is the representative to o'brien um and she's like okay i guess if you really really want to that's fine um so cisco turns to a or to kira and says okay we need to find out everything that's going on they're not telling us what this case is about whatever 
Um, just we need to get as much information as she as we can. And Kira says, Commander Chief O'Brien's attitude toward the Cardassians is hardly a secret. I just like the way that she says attitude. It's like he's he is constantly using slurs against the Cardassians. I feel like that's more than just a quote unquote attitude. It's uh that's how the New York Times would have printed it. <laughs> well, yeah, 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 pretty much. Uh, pretty much. I mean, that may have been too strong of language for them, but that's how they yeah. would have printed it. No, exactly. Um, okay, so this is really funny because Odo was like, listen, I went and I registered to be a part of the Cardassian killing machine so that I could testify and put people and condemn people into the Cardassian killing machine. Like, once again, like, how is the Federation letting this dude work here? This dude fucking sucks. How do the, how are the Bajorans, like, the Bajorans are out here, like, like, coming out of the He's promenade. He's wearing their uniform. They come out on the promenade and boo collaborators. Like, yeah. Like, everybody walks out of the shops and boos people in the, in the, <laughs> in the middle of town. Boo, and, boo that man. Yo. Who's a bigger collaborator than the, the dude who was actually like arresting you for trying to like stand up to the evil empire and and then like making sure that he could convict you. Like getting getting licensed, going out there and getting like, you know, uh qualified to do this stuff like that's crazy. He's personally responsible for the deaths of probably dozens of Pajorans. He was like, I want to get certified. <laughs> Yeah, I you know uh, uh, he's just he's just not great. He's just not not great as a person personally. Like Odo always, um, oh my literally a cap, a cap entirely includes, <laughs> includes Odo. A cap <laughs> is explicitly about Odo. Like it's a cap <laughs> is Odo first, and then every other cop. Well, because you don't need a cap for like. The cops that are on video, like killing people, like obviously, like, but a cab is right. is important because it's like no, it's all of them, like even the ones yeah. that like play basketball when the cameras are out or whatever, even the ones that like go hug a kid, even the ones that are yeah AI generated hugging kids and people. Did I <laughs> did I tell you that? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I saw that too. Did you did I tell you that I had an assignment for my students in class when we were talking about propaganda? Um, I had them, you know, search for and find uh, examples of propaganda and analyze, you know, why it's propaganda, blah, 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 um, and had them upload it to, uh, you know, to our, our internet site, whatever. One of my students uh, had a picture of Paw Patrol, and she had a whole explanation of why it's propaganda. And I was like, yeah, good for you. <laughs> well done. Uh, it's... I mean, we got to have a whole conversation about like the indoctrination of literal children into cops are, you know, inherently good. And yeah, they're, they're the good guys. Like that is definitely legitimate. Um, But that was just a really, really funny, funny day in class. (laughs) Um, Okay. Where are we? Let's talk about the trial. We meet Kovat. Uh, Kovat is O'Brien's attorney uh, and his whole role as an attorney is to put on a good show because the trial is um like the the arrest is made the conviction is made and the execution is scheduled before the trial happens right like everything about the trial is uh is a presentation is 
uh, a form of entertainment, really, but also a form of um, uh, kind of indoctrination, but also like affirmation of look how great uh, our empire is, look at how swift our justice is, blah, 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 blah. I call those things. Kovat himself, great. Uh, Love this man to death. Uh, Horrible person. But he has some of the, the best lines. Incredible, like he, like we'll, we'll get to the, it. We've talked about the best like uh, guest actors that have come on to DS Nine, and this is a top five performance. This is a oh, slept yeah. on one, but it's it incredibly slept on. Incredibly slept top on. five. Yeah, absolutely. He's got like the slimiest grin, and like for whatever reason, the way that it is shaped. It reminds me of Hook in the movie, you know, in the movie Hook, um, where he just like has this grin, but like the way that his mustache curls and like the missing yeah. teeth, like it just it it reminds me of that grin so so much, and it's just oh, I love it. It's it's so awful. I absolutely love it. Um, he explains to O'Brien the whole deal, and O'Brien's like, well, not a big fan of this situation, as it turns out. Um, he does a little bit of acting, you know, like, uh, I'm a father, I have a child. I, I don't remember all of what he said, but like, he had like a whole monologue. He had an opportunity where he, he could act. It's, you know, I've done some bad things. I've killed some Cardassians, but I don't, I would never do what they're accusing me of like, blah, 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 blah. Okay, whatever. Um, that was nice. You know, but he did. Again, the, the best acting that Call Meany gives is when he's like, you know, playing a grieved white man. Well, you know, everyone has a gift. Uh, everyone has a natural skill. Um, but back on DS9, uh, we learn that the accusation is that uh, O'Brien must have stolen some more heads. Uh, or did he? Bum, bum, bum. Hero was like, yo, he might have done it, though. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we all, like, we all know how racist he is against Cardassian. Yeah. That motherfucker like, <laughs> may hate them more than me. <laughs> Bashir was trying to defend his boy, which I fully support that. Like, good for you. Like, that's a real one. That's a ride or die. Um, and Kara's like, I could see it. But he may have did it, though. <laughs> I could see it. It it kind of adds up. Honestly, it kind of adds up. Um, but they find out that there's uh, some voice tampering that happened. Uh, and they collect their man, Boone. Uh, turns out that Boone... Uh, was responsible for voice tampering. They don't have full details yet, but they're starting to uncover a little bit of uh, a bit of what's going on. Don't know why this guy has left the station yet. Yeah, that seems <laughs> like a station. bad plan. Yeah, I I absolutely would have. Like once you do the thing, you got to bounce. Like what? Yeah. Like why? Why are you sticking around? What is the point? Um, but he still stays there and gets caught anyways. Um, but we have like what the first day of trial, um, and uh, shenanigans are happening. Uh, and I love all the shenanigans. I don't remember, um, I how this started, but Odo was trying to like step outside of his role, um, yeah. as the representative for O'Brien is like, hey, can we like you know treat this like a real court? Which the irony is, is like, girl, you know how Cardassian law works, like, what are you doing here? Like, you know best of all because you've participated in the deaths of countless Bajorans. So what are what exactly are you doing here? But he starts trying to like sell O'Brien's lawyer on like actually lawyering. Uh, and his lawyer has the best response possible. 
Do you want to? Do you want to say it? No. You flatter me, sir. You, <laughs> you flatter, flatter me. This is the room. You flatter me, sir. Uh, I don't know why, but that's just like in my brain. That's just seared in my brain. It's just one of those like, you know, you flatter me, sir. <laughs> you flatter me. You flatter me. It's just so good. What? Why? Why did they give this man these lines? And why did he have to nail them so fucking hard? Like he just was like. I have a job to do and I'm going to do it. I'm not going to get an Emmy for this. I don't fucking care. But I am going to be iconic. God damn it. I am going to be iconic. This man fucking clocked into work. <laughs> like, he did. You know, he really, really did. Walked in, put his outer coat up, put his hat on the thing. This was like, all right. Yeah. Let's what, do, let's this do it. Yeah. Odo, uh, I love that they make Odo um, the Demi Moore character from A Few Good Men. Like, I object. <laughs> I strenuously object. Right. Like you need to do, you need to do your job, um, Kathy. You got to do your job. <laughs> strenuous. Oh, you strenuously object. Okay. Uh, I haven't seen that movie in so long. I need to watch that. It's always a good time to watch a few good men. You always, know. Yeah, I'm always ready. always a good time. Uh, speaking of lawyery things, um, another part of this thing that uh, is seared into my brain, uh, Miss Archon is like. Um, of course, I would expect the Federation uh, to come up with some late-breaking evidence to confuse the issues. Just the way that she drags out that line is just yeah. so fucking great. Uh, to confuse the issues. This was, like, this whole trial experience was just very fun, which is kind of funny because, like, it's set up as um o'brien is definitely going to be dying at the end of this but they're just having <laughs> right. a time like they're just having a blast like while we're going um he i keeps, know odo keeps bugging the dude the dude's like think of the children <laughs> like there's so many incredible it's so much incredible shit yeah in the courtroom scenes the entire time kofat is like Miss Arcon, do you see what I'm having to deal with here? I cannot be expected <laughs> to perform under these circumstances. He tried to he tried to quit like eight times and she just oh, kept being like, yeah. yo, sit at your desk. <laughs> She's like, girl, you're close to retirement. Like you you just have to finish this out, okay? Just calm down. You're you're fine. Um, do you want to talk about your thoughts on uh the court the the legal system aspect of it, or do you want to do that uh when it is like getting wrapped up in the end of the episode uh we could do we could save it till once till after the recap okay we'll save it we have uh we have i have 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 two hot takes for this episode uh love the hot takes uh very excited to hear the hot takes okay um we find out back on the station um that this dude boone uh, is not actually part of the Maquis. They thought that he was a part of the Maquis because uh, the warheads were <clears throat> bought and intended for the Maquis, is what they find out before. But uh, Bashir gets a visitor in his infirmary. Why they went From, to Bashir uh, just doesn't make any sense, but okay, keep going. I mean, you know, he needed to have something. One of my favorite things. It's just funny that Bashir became the de facto like security chief when Odo left. I I guess somehow where it's like and not Kira. Yeah, for whatever reason. Uh, Maybe it's just that they thought, you know, if we tried to win this on Dax or Kira, they might actually beat us up. But Bashir ain't going to do shit. I think it's maybe. I think it's um, more that Bashir doesn't require hours in a makeup chair to get his character ready. 
good point yeah that 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 actually that actually attracts um i i love when there's just like very clear production reasons <laughs> it's like mm, yeah this is actually cheaper though like so do, do we, do we got it like like here's like i already took my nose off do we got to do this again or what? yeah <laughs> like, I, I really no, don't want to no we'll we'll write it in for yeah. sure. fine. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways uh one of the things that in that scene that like really really that i enjoyed uh is that he walks into the infirmary and it's all dark uh the lights are off and he does like the sassiest computer lights just the way that he <laughs> says it was just incredibly sassy and i love like upper crust british sassiness from Bashir at at all times yes um but they find out that Boone isn't exactly who he says he is. Uh, Chekhov's tooth at the beginning of the episode, uh, when Bashir or when Miles gets his teeth re- uh, removed, um, we find out from Odo that that's just a part of the legal system. Is that you know when uh, Cardassians are younger, they get teeth removed, and that's their version of fingerprints, right? Uh, turns out Boone is missing a tooth. So turns they, out he's no one, when they when they made his entire body different, no one thought to just like add in a molar. Also, are Cardassian teeth exactly like human teeth? Yes. Like the only way to know that like it's a Cardassian is that he's got a tooth removed. I'll tell you what, I'm missing a molar. You know what I mean? Like, like this is this does none of this seems very Hang on precise. a second. Matthew, do you have any um I don't know, particular thoughts about the Federation? Um do you are you smuggling warheads by any chance? Am I, am How do you ultra, feel about the Maquis? Am I, I mean, we've already we do already have your you on the record uh, as to your feelings of the introduction of the Maquis a couple episodes ago. Yeah, just being a bunch of little bitches, just go, <laughs> just go live somewhere and not be in war. Uh, uh, no, I will say this about Boone. Do you know Boone is who we thought he was in one respect? Yes. Boone fucks that dude. That's that is an attractive older man. Like you know, like that's, no, he. That's a, that's a, that's yeah, a, he is he's, old he's got the look. Yeah, old Hollywood. Oh, yeah, hot. like he really, like he's... really, yeah, should have been like the bad guy against Cary Grant or something. Right, like you know, I like he's probably been like a villain or something against Clint Eastwood, and it's like <laughs> you know when they have hot villains, which is preferred. <laughs> yes. But anyways, uh, so we find like, out that we like our villains hot and maybe a little queer. Like that's how uh, again talking <laughs> about James Bond. <laughs> that's how we um, like our villains. Have you seen Skyfall? <laughs> <laughs> Javier Bardem was like, we can't exactly have a fuck scene, but I'm going to make sure that uh, that my everyone knows that, that we would if we could. <laughs> yes, uh, that was the deleted scene. Like <laughs> very see. clearly. We fucked. It's yeah. PG thirteen. We gotta. We gotta. This film's gotta air in theaters all across the world. But uh, but don't think that we wouldn't do it if we could. <laughs> the subtext is very very clear. <laughs> the uh, red button's been pressed underneath the desk. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, we we do love uh, hot villains that fuck. Uh. Anyways, so back at the trial. Um. It's not going well for O'Brien, obviously, but it's also not entirely going well for Madame Archon because she's like, this is literally the longest trial that we've ever had <laughs> in history, which is really funny. Um, Kovat is just constantly frustrated and constantly upset about how this uh, trial is going because he is not able to perform the way that he is usually able to perform. 
but anyway, so a couple of the other things that happened during this part of the trial, Kovat is finally putting O'Brien on on the witness stand, and he asks, "Mr. O'Brien, were you abused as a child?" Kovat watched Top Gun. <laughs> there was abuses. There were abuses, children. <laughs> it's, he, uh, he, he went into all the tropes of spousal abuse. Perhaps was your wife causing you severe psychological stress? Did your, were your parents got like missing parents like all this stuff yeah yeah just absolutely ridiculous uh and then archon uh questions him as well and she's like references things that he's literally said uh she says and i quote the bloody cardies can't be trusted yeah yeah he did say that as it turns out she's not wrong he did say that is it so unbelievable that he might continue to be violent against cardassians I don't think that's entirely unbelievable. I think that the the trial did a good job of proving their point. <laughs> I'm siding with the Cardassians. <laughs> it's funny that uh, the Cardassians <laughs> definitely still have listening devices on the station. Well, yeah, duh. <laughs> like, Obviously. Like, hey, Odo, uh, Odo and O'Brien are there. Like, why don't you guys do your jobs? You might not be in this position if you did your job. All that time I, you're yeah. away from the family and you're still not doing your job. Truly. Literally just, like, hanging out in a Jeffrey's tube, just alone, just wanting peace and quiet. Not doing his job, not being with his family. He's just hanging out, like, on those grates. Hanging out on the grates on the hub with the, with his little iPad thing, like, yeah. he's just living his own stuff. Uh, so the, bizarre. The but they, The thing that they did hit him with was, do you know how many Cardassians you killed? And he's like, none. Yeah. Like, none? It's like, well, since the war. Like, hey, those, buddy! They don't count. <laughs> <laughs> those are war cardies. How uh, how many war cardies did he kill? Shit, I don't know. I, I don't know. Oh, too many. I guess you just killed so many that you can't remember. All right. Okay. Interesting. Well, I, I feel like you're guilty. Like, yeah, that 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 kind of checks out. Um, but she's about to sentence him to death when Cisco just rolls up in the courtroom with Boone doesn't say a word just rolls up with boone and she's like well you know what uh i think he's earned his lesson um uh, i'm just gonna you know hand him over to his commanding officer and i think that uh that about does it okay let's uh let's break for lunch that was that was the scene directly out of the godfather 2 yeah when michael has uh frankie's like older brother who doesn't even speak yeah English. yeah so he gets to him in the senate hearing and all of a sudden it's like yeah uh, I, I made it up. It's what the FBI wanted me to say. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> you were my brother. Um, I don't know what you afraid of. I haven't seen that movie in forever. Anyways, um, but yeah. Uh, so that uh, oh, congrats. Uh, that all gets wrapped up very very quickly. Uh, and it turns out that this whole plot was uh, an effort to discredit the Federation. I feel like this should take place over more than one episode. So that feels like a substantial plot point that like the Cardassians are just like constantly trying to discredit the Federation, um, you know, just trying to fuck with them. Like, I feel like that as a story could continue. They gave they did the thing that they did that they do all the time, which is they give us a whole episode of something, and then they just like explain it like with a scene of pure exposition, 
pure <laughs> exposition. I was right about to start saying. <laughs> And then, and then that's it. The We're out. Like, none of this matters. I, you know what's funny? I can't, like, I'm not a good singer or anything, but like that song in particular, those are notes that it, like I just can't, like I, my brain can't figure out how to hit. It is, song. it's a top five favorite it's, like, song too for me. High. I love, like, I, that melody is one of my favorite melodies it's the of best. all time. Yeah. It's incredible. I, dun, I wish dun, that dun. I could do something with it. Yeah. Oh, well. Anyways. Mm. Uh, yeah. No, they, like they they had to just they had to explain why and then that was like here's something and we're out. Uh yeah. And uh and Cisco's like, hey, we're gonna drop you off on vacation, we'll come pick you up later. But I'm I have not, nothing to read. Still doesn't want to do it. Yeah. I have nothing to read. And Keiko says perfect. Oh. He was he was uh he was like about he was facing execution. And all he wants to do with this new chance at life, yeah, is um, read about like what megahertz this thing should be at. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about uh, spend a little bit of time talking about like the trial itself as an experience. Like multiple times, um, it is stated that the purpose of the trial is for spectacle. It is for, you know, it is literally just a big show. Like they, they have jumbotrons across Cardassia. Um, and they're just, you know, playing the trial all over, all over the, the world, I guess. And Kovat's role explicitly is, you know, not quite ringmaster. That's more, you know, the archon. But his is very much like Lion Tamer, right? Like he still his, is. His role is to be the heroic loser. The one yes. who's giving the eloquent speech yes. um, in defeat, which is which pe- we love. We love the loser giving in the eloquent speech, which is why people right. love Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> people people yeah. love all her fiery <laughs> yes yes in losses yeah just yeah. all those just l after fucking l yeah but people think that she's a goddamn hero because she can you know spin a word in protest yeah well i prefer a boring uh winner but you know it's just <laughs> i guess <laughs> yeah it would be nice um it, yeah i mean there's other things to say about that specifically but but yes, um, yeah. I mean, it's 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 interesting how it's portrayed. You know, like so many things on Star Trek, there is, um, you know, very intentional. We're explicitly commenting on um, the way that our society is running, uh, and then there's times where it's like, oh, well, that was an accidental commentary. Um, and you know, idiots like us 30 years later are able to be like, yeah, that's actually very explicitly commentary about such and such thing. I don't know. I couldn't tell from the companion, like there wasn't anything from the writer of being like, this was our intention. So I think that this was very much, we just kind of stumbled into something. I, I 100% agree. Yeah. My hot take is. This is actually the most radically political episode of Deep Space Nine. Talk about it. In in a series that's celebrated for, you know, the homeless episodes, the, you know, the this, the that. 
the the union you know organizing episode blah 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 this is the one that actually reflects um a like a radical critique even if as you said it probably is unintentional yeah or or it's something where like it's very li- the very liberal thing is to recognize the ways in which the criminal justice system is obviously unjust but then to but, but because you're still invested in it and because you're unwilling to pull at the string and see where it unravels to you either make it as you either like refer to it as isolated incidents that's where we get the bad apples without you know right. blah, blah, blah or or it's like hey because we pointed this out it shows that the system is actually working. Like I can't tell you how many times the response to just utter misconduct and utter like just like frankly frame frame jobs. And if you're framing someone to death row, like you're, that's mur- that's attempted murder, like on on this on behalf of the state. How many times that happens, and they have to fight and fight and fight. There's a famous, um, there's a case that was profiled in the podcast um, in the dark call uh, about Curtis Flowers, um, who was tried six times for the same murder. He kept being tried and either like convicted and then that was repealed or like you would get off and they'd bring it again. And they fought the Supreme Court on it. Like they, it was like clear, like this dude didn't do it. You don't have it like they they were shown patterns of um you know jury manipulation making sure there weren't any black people on the jury doing this doing that blah 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 suppressing evidence this and that and um regardless they still push it and when he finally got out um 30 years later after his mother died while he was in prison um six trials later what they say is this is a sign that the system works because we let him out and that's you hear that this is this shows that the system works like all the time whenever when people get released after this and it's like if the system was working they wouldn't be there in the first place except that the system means something more than just that so okay they make it clear in this episode without whether they meant to or not that this is analogous to our criminal justice system right he gets mirandized um, when he gets into custody, his clothes are removed, which you go to jail, you're stripped naked without any privacy in public, you're hosed down, people are feeling you up, sticking their fingers up you, like making sure you got nothing, like a humiliating thing. They collect evidence, they give him a jail uniform, you know, they give him a striped jumpsuit. This, this is all standard procedure in our court systems. Additionally, you have a defense attorney whose job is to get you to confess. They're, like the, the defense attorney gets in there, he's like, O'Brien, for the sake of your family, for the sake of whatever, just confess. This is already predetermined. We are, like most criminal trials, like the vast majority of them, like 80-some percent, 90%, are plea dealed out. And the plea deal is where someone, you know, says that they're guilty for a reduced sentence. And that's because you're not going to win this trial. 
Because again, just like how in Cardassian trials, you're already pre-convicted and, and the punishment is already meted out. It's the same thing here. It's like we got we got defense attorneys who are made to where they're not able to adequately defend you. You're this the system is adversarial. So mm-hmm. the 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 prosecution isn't there trying to find the truth. The prosecution is there to put you in jail. Yeah. But the prosecution is the state. The judge is also the state. The police are the state. Like the state decides you're going to jail, you're going to jail. Now there's the one or two exceptions to the rule. But the rule is if they want to put you in jail, they're going to put you in jail. So the defense attorney shows up, especially, I mean, if you have, if you're rich enough for a defense attorney, like a good defense attorney, you can get out. But if you're a poor person, a regular person, you're getting this attorney and they're like, listen, you just got to take a deal. I.e. they're getting you to confess. Right. We're still, this is still what it is. Um, they're not allowed to present new evidence once they close off what evidence is allowed. Much like, you know, there's people in prison who are sentenced for life on death row, et cetera, who have exculpatory evidence. They're, they're shown, they're, they're known to be innocent. And the, court, and the court will still say, no, sorry, you ran out of appeals, you can't, whatever. They would right. much rather, they would rather keep someone who they know to be innocent in prison then let them get out once they get you in there you're in there that's just what it is like it's not like you know we we love the stirring court like we we love watching this on tv oh for sure there's stories that we love and the the and that's because the thing that they identify at the core of this episode is the trial is not for you the trial is not to determine um, the truth it's not to arbitrate between guilt and innocence the trial is for us right the trial like the trial is for us the trial is there so that we can say oh even though we know that the same people are targeted and the same it's always the same people who are in jail we know all the statistics these people are more likely to be in if you're black if you're poor if you're brown if you're whatever if you're this you're not going to be like we know all that stuff, and that's obviously unjust. The people who are kept in poverty are also kept in cages, which keep them in poverty, which keep them in cages, and they're always going to be in there. And we can say that's okay because we're given this show. Mm-hmm. There's courts. There are judges in robes. It all seems so official. There's a million rules. It all seems like, well... You know, justice is impartial. You know, lady justice is blind. All this shit. And even though it clearly can't be true because it's like it rep- like it's always replicating who's in there and who's not. The systems, you know, replicate themselves. We're allowed to believe that that's so. And we're al- and the thing that this does for us is it gives us the concept of guilt and innocence because we're happy to say that innocent people shouldn't be in jail. That's that's unjust for this innocent person to be put in jail. They need to be brought out. And this is where it gets deeper. So Odo comes in and Odo interrogates O'Brien because Odo's like, I can't have compassion for this dude who's about to be sentenced. I can't have empathy for a guy who's going to be killed in a <laughs> week unless I determine that he's worthy of not being killed in a right. week. 
yeah. then he determines he's not being worthy of killed in a week. So he has some empathy and now he's willing to whatever. And this is what we do. And this is where, again, even things like guilt and innocence are, are um, arbitrary concepts that are theater for us. Right. Where like innocence and guilt are created. Those things are created. Um, the criminal justice system is not about solving crimes. It's about creating criminals. We know that the things that they don't that they can't solve, they don't solve sexual assaults. Mm-hmm. They they know that the police themselves are the like are the number one spousal abusers or well, number two mm-hmm. to the military. <laughs> well, but you know, they, but they're they're, not, they're trying they're to get not, number one, but you know they're not putting them in jail for this. Yeah, what they do instead is they determine who the people are, who they're going to surveil, who they're going to accost and arrest, and who they're going to to stow away in cages. Mm-hmm. Um, in Memphis. The, the place where the Tyree Nichols thing happened. In Memphis, they arrested a man for eating a $2.50 bag of stolen chips. <laughs> they they followed this man who they say accepted a bag of chips knowing that they were stolen and ate them and therefore accessory to this theft put him in jail like arrested him he got out whatever but like the rest of this man they like the evidence he had crumbs on his on his shirt and they went they checked security footage to like show that he would have known that this was stolen and blah 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 this person isn't like but now this dude's a criminal now this guy's got a record now this guy's whatever and that sets you up to fall into like we know what that does but but this person this person as a criminal was created by police who wanted him to be a criminal. Mm-hmm. It was predetermined that he was a criminal. Um, and so that's what they do. So like we, we set up this guilt and innocence at, at a particular moment, but we know for instance, that you could go to, you could get arrested for, for eating a bag of $2 50 cent stolen chips, but the retail store, no one's getting arrested for wage theft. No, right? like, we understand that this is like we understand the farce of the system, but we still need to hold on to it. Mm-hmm. And that's what these these shows are for. These shows allow us to be like, oh, okay, here we go. We also love the shows where like the innocent person does get out, you know, like the stirring, you know, some black man was whatever, but he's really like, you know, some just mercy type bullshit. Right. We love that shit because it tells us, oh, well, if they're actually innocent, like there's something there for them. And, but that's also like, that's like propped up as an example of justice prevailing. Right. Right. And it's that, it's that the feeling of see, you know, justice prevailed because the bad guys got put away and the innocent guy was let go. Cause clearly that's how it happens hundred percent of the time. Right. No, absolutely. And like, and we know that that's just a fraction. We don't, but like it doesn't. We in this country don't need much to just be like, oh, okay, never mind. I don't have to feel bad. And that's right. really like yeah. all we're looking for all the time is like, I just don't want to have to feel bad. What am I supposed to do? Okay, like, am I going to bring this whole system? Blah blah blah. Like, I just don't want to. And that's and that's what the the these trials are for. Like the Kardashians say, this is a this is serves two purposes. 
it's a form of social control right because we're like hey this shouldn't be you we're going to give you all of these societal norms and roles that you're supposed to fill and if you stay so that means that like if fathers are with you know like fathers you know, this was a this child grew up without a father so this is why fathers are important to be in the home it's you need to like take care of your kids you have a nuclear family you blah 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 and so this won't be you and you know like well i'm an innocent person and innocent per- people don't go to jail so it's fine you know like you, you set this up but um yeah it's a form of social control i had another one and i just lost it it'll <laughs> come okay. back to me later. yeah it'll come back to me later but like they say like this is um oh it's all it's about order right, right. so like it doesn't really matter whether o'brien did it or not it's serving the purpose regardless mm-hmm. and that's something where um you know, i was just listening uh to a podcast talking about the supreme court decision um where there was a man um in like 1984 85 something like that who um the police wanted to bring in for a murder. Um, he didn't fit the description. The description was six foot tall black man, close cut haircut. Mm-hmm. This dude was a five foot eight black man with an afro. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, close enough. Close, right. Um, <laughs> unrelated. Um, so 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 this this happened. Someone like the um, the family of the people who were um, the person who was murdered put up a reward. Someone said, oh, like wanted to claim the reward, said, oh, I heard it was this guy. And um, so the police arrest him just off of this random person. Sure. Then um, unrelated, a car robbery, an armed car robbery had happened. And once the mugshot of this guy got in the newspaper, the kids who were robbed in this car said, oh, this is the guy that robbed us. The thing is, um, the, the person who robbed them bled onto them. And so they had blood evidence. And um, they're like, oh, great. We're going to bring this guy in that we want for murder. We're going to charge him with the car robbery first. Because once we charge him with the car robbery, he can't defend himself in the murder trial. Because he's already like an armed felon, right? Jesus. So they arrest him for that. The The defense attorney's like, can I get that blood evidence? And they're like, no, sorry, we checked it out. And they didn't, they never brought it back. Someone checked out the evidence. So it was disappeared. But they had actually run a blood sample. And it turns out that the perpetrator's blood was type B. And the guy that they had arrested is type O. So it literally can't be him. But they, literally, they, yeah. they, they never told, they never turned that evidence over. They hid the evidence. They convicted this guy, and then they could then. So the, the armed robbery, they convicted him for fifty years in jail, in prison. <laughs> then for the murder, they got him convicted for exec, for death row. The students on death row for twenty years. One of the uh, one of the defense, uh, or I'm sorry, one of the district attorneys confesses on his deathbed to a friend. That friend didn't say anything for five years. Well, yeah, then, actually. Then the dude was about to be executed and his lawyers had like private investigators look into it. They found the test result on the blood. And then then that guy was like, oh yeah, my friend said that they made it up. <laughs> By the way, the head district attorney who was in charge of all of this was Harry Connick. I.e. Harry Connick. As Connick in Harry Connick dad. Jr.'s dad? Oh my God. 
So they overturned, the they overturned the convictions, right? Both okay. convictions overturned. He yeah. had spent 16 years in jail or something like that. Um, they sued, and a jury awarded him $14 million in restitution. That's low, but yeah. The district attorney's office appealed it all the way to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court said, um, Clarence Thomas and Antonin Scalia said, nope, sorry, this doesn't, like, you can't, um, like, prosecutors can't be held liable for this. And uh, it doesn't show a pattern of abuse. This was a single incident, even though there were, like, 15 things that they did to cover stuff up and lie and blah, blah, blah. Also, that office had had several other convictions thrown out. Obviously. Years later because of similar things. Yeah. But it didn't matter to the Supreme Court of our country, of our nation, <laughs> because the point is, we just, like, listen, we, we're putting these people in jail. Now, some of them may have done this, some of them may have done that, but regardless, we're we're the of the business of putting Black people in jail here. That is the business. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so again, this is where the parallel hits, where the writer may not have, like, been trying to say this but the parallel hits it doesn't matter whether people are like there's a million examples where they know that there's an innocent person they're not letting them mm-hmm. out or they're convicting or whatever because it doesn't really matter because the point is this is about order and social control right and there therein we have star trek do like exposing the fact that our criminal justice system with all its pageantry is completely farcical completely farcical yeah um i mean god i i feel like i had heard some of the details of that particular court case but i definitely didn't hear everything uh the harry connick part is you know morbidly funny i guess um it's there are I don't remember if we said it earlier, but I know that, you know, you and I were talking about it before, but yeah, there are those times where like, um, Star Trek sets out explicitly, you know, to, to argue a certain point. Um, and we see that all the time, particularly, you know, when it's talking about, uh, race or gender or, you know, one of those kinds of things. But, you know, this is definitely an example where it's, it's it's accidental and like it's not even like yeah it's just not what they were intending to do like i think that anytime that you know there's depictions of quark as being like you know see he's a evil capitalist or whatever when it's so often that that's just an average capitalist or like he's an extremely bad boss but it's actually like no that's just that's just all bosses you know um there's so many times where it's just accidentally it's like they're they're close but not quite you know yeah and that's the thing again with those with like the movies that are like here, look at look at how corrupt we have i i always say this every true crime documentary is a documentary about how incompetent police departments are yeah every single one we have so many so many documented examples of police fabricating evidence of them just deciding that they want to arrest someone and they're going to of you know people being convicted this way about prisons being um 
you know, human rights violators. Yeah. About all the stuff. Like, we know this. We we know this. And they made the movies. They made the documentaries. But the, at the end of them, none of them say this This whole thing needs to be torn down. Yeah. And it's like, oh, well, you know, look, we got this one. We, we rescued this one. Right. Okay, cool. Okay. You know, in this in this episode, they're just like, um, like, they don't go anywhere with it. They're just like, oh, well, these people are kind of extreme. And I don't know that they know that they're that they're showing like a one for one with our with our prison yeah like, criminal punishment system, but like they don't know what to do with it. Yeah, I mean they are they're still um, they're still wedded to the overall system, right? And that's always the limitation is it's like oh no we need to like you know reform the system itself and it's like no the system is literally the source of all these problems <laughs> right you know and it's it's not going to be well the, the Tyree Nichols thing that just happened like so think of all the reforms that meant nothing in that yeah you know, body yeah. cameras um black police officers <laughs> uh like a highly trained yeah. unit like all of the like none of this like none of that is is anything that's going to do anything and the reason that we keep being given the same reforms that they've been offering for 150 years is because they know that they don't mean anything or do anything. And all they're going to do is just get more money for them. Like when Biden's like, Oh, the police did this thing bad. So what do I want? I want there to be <laughs> more police and I want there to be more yeah. money for police. And like, the, like oh, okay. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. The tweet from London breed. If you yeah. want more cops on the street, we need to fund them. It's like, or not. I don't know. Or you know, maybe instead of that, maybe uh we give we make it sure that people have a place to sleep and food to eat and uh lights and heat and you know, maybe we could do these things. Maybe we make sure that people get good education. Nah. Maybe we make sure like maybe we make sure people have healthcare, maybe we do this, and maybe then people people are in the situation where they, they have to result to desperate means. You know, <laughs> like I don't know. Maybe these are just, just an idea, just just maybe, a thought. You know, maybe uh police violence is violence, and if we're about reducing violence, maybe we should reduce police. Yeah. You know, maybe. like I don't know. Think think of their you know, like you know, um I know it's a difficult job, and like they made a split second reaction, and you know, they had a bad day. It started off, they got in an argument with their with his wife, <laughs> and he punched her in the face. And and, yeah. and hit one of his kids, and so he was just kind of amped, you know. Like, what can you do? Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's like that's that's what that's what at the end of these things where it's like you're so close, but real like, but the cliche of like so close so far, it's and it's true. so far because yeah. if you're not willing to accept that the thing needs to come down, then you acknowledging that sometimes it's bad really means actually zero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My second hot take is that this isn't an O'Brien Suffolk's episode. <laughs> okay. Let's let's wrap <laughs> up by talking about that. Why is this not an O'Brien must suffer episode? O'Brien doesn't suffer. He's not tortured like they said that he might be. Okay. He doesn't get tortured. Yeah. He gets a molar extracted, but like sure. molar extraction, molar extraction now they like isn't that bad. Like I mean, it, it looks painful. Uh, he he was reacting to stuff like he was crying about the eye scan. They eye scan shit all the time and it doesn't hurt. 
Like it was yeah, an ice cream. They weren't like you know, and he was just like, ah, ah. <laughs> like there was a lot of a lot of whining, but like he went again, he just went through a normal American arrest experience. And well, if you say it, if yeah. you say it's tougher, then deal with the implications of that. Number two, he uh he did have to receive the psychological baggage of the psychological weight of thinking I'm gonna die in a week. Yes. However, okay. He murdered unknown numbers of Cardassians. That is also true. For the state, for no good reason of his yeah. own. Just because someone said, we want you to murder these people. And he's like, cool, I'm going to murder these people. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Maybe <laughs> maybe it's okay for you to have like a bad week thinking about it, considering this whole time you like are really proud about how many of them you killed. Like he's Fair. like killing Cardassians is a source of pride for him. Uh-huh. Um, number three... Yes, he didn't actually psychologically suffer from that because he just wants to get back to work. He's like he, he's totally chill on that runabout. On that yeah. runabout, yeah, he is. Like they're talking like they just came out of like a movie screening, and they're having appetizers and just like talking about what they saw. <laughs> he has he has zero he has he has <laughs> zero uh, psychological wounding from this. Uh-huh. He's back into not wanting to have sex with his wife. Yes. And the second lease at life is again just um, you know, how do I rewire this thing or that thing? So there there you go. There's some episodes where he suffers. I'm here to tell you this is not one of them. I I I I see your argument. I don't entirely disagree. Um I think that it might be a little column A, a little column B kind of thing that it could be Sure. I mean he suffers know, he the way that like, be... normal normal characters suffer in the shows all the time. Yeah. Like to this level. I'm just saying it's not like some exceptional separate category of O'Brien suffering like yeah. we tend to do. Okay. There are some O'Brien suffer episodes for sure. We'll yes. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to them. I mean, speaking of killing people, that is also a thing that happens in future O'Brien must suffer episodes. Indeed. Um uh, great episode, yeah, well, but also like <laughs> seriously, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, okay. Uh we have we've covered a lot of ground. Uh how do you feel? I'm good. Yeah. I, I'm uh yeah, I've got a I gotta hop out and go see Training Day in the theater. There okay. Was fun in that. I I didn't even have much else in terms of the um uh, of the trivia. You know, on the trivia, they they point out um, that the design, the aesthetic of the courtroom was very much inspired by 1984. It's like, yeah, yeah. That it was also that very out. much inspired by. Um, the first episode of Star Trek Next Generation, <laughs> except dark. Oh, with uh, with cues. Yeah. yeah. Well, you don't have so many colorful characters um, cheering and jeering on uh, on Picard. Yeah. That was. Uh, I feel like the the choices that were made for for some of that was a little bit. Oh, okay. Well, that's what you did. That's what you decided to do. There you Just go. Find that very interesting. Um, next week, we are going to be talking about the season two finale. Um, the episode is called The Jimadar, the Jim Hadar, I guess I should say. <laughs> you know what? Pronouncing things is right. You just read this word like you've never heard it before. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm sorry. Is that Jim? Jim Herder? Jim Herder? Jim Herder? Jim Herder? Jim Herder? Um, Jim Herder? 
but we've we've been talking about the Dominion uh, several times throughout uh, the season. We've gotten little mentions here and there. This is kind of like our first proper introduction to the Dominion. So we get to meet the Jim Hadar um, that are uh, very intense uh, soldiers, um, coked up. <laughs> heroin field field soldiers um that really just like to fight and do drugs is it's kind of what they like to do definitely more coke than heroin yeah okay fair. Yeah. yeah um but this is a fun episode we get to you know have quirk and cisco on uh on a trip together um you know shenanigans uh are gonna happen uh and it's it's kind of fun it's good to actually have a full introduction and we get an introduction of the Vorta like you know it's it's happening like you know DS9 is so much known for being um for having the Dominion War and like that is coming y'all get ready it is coming other things are coming in season three as well I'm looking forward to it uh yeah I can't wait to talk about it what about you I me as well that's good hey good job today oh thanks you too buddy you flatter me, sir. You flatter me. <laughs> All right. It's time to release Docking Clamps and pilot our tough little ship away from Tarek Noir. If you want to reach out to us with comments or questions, hit us up on Twitter. Our profile is at Tarek Noir, or feel free to send us an email at TarekNoirPod at gmail.com. If you get the chance, uh, feel free to give our show a five-star rating and a glowing review. We always appreciate it. Thank you all for listening. We hope you join us next week. But until then, walk with a prophet's child. <laughs> <laughs>